Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is the Feminist Critique. I'm Ashley. And I'm Gracie. And it's a podcast where we review movies and then we put them to both feminist inclusive tests because uh, it's fun and stuff. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So some more housekeeping. Very sorry that there's no intro or outro music on the last two episodes. <laughs> yeah, so um, as you guys are well aware, I don't have a job and I'm really sad about it. Um, so I can't like edit or do anything. And I can only do so much because I have a full-time job, so. Yeah, it, it like feels, it's like the opposite. It's, it's like, it's done a complete 180, and, like, what the fuck, Gracie? Jesus, I don't know. Anyway, like, there might be music on this one when you listen to it. Just depends on if, if anybody has, it. <laughs> if anybody has a radio job and is listening out there, please hire me. <laughs> I will work very, very hard. Anyways... Anyways, start the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, you know, last month we did a whole bunch of uh, musicals. Well, this month we're going to kind of ease into our Black History Month with another musical, which is Carmen Jones. And it's from 1954. It is one of the first feature length films in color, if not... If not the first, I'm not exactly sure, that featured an all-black cast. And it, really? I mean it. All black. Wow. There are a whole bunch of, um, there were at least ten uh, silent films that had all black casts, but I can't remember their names off of the top of my head. But this is definitely one of the first films um, to be nominated for an Oscar where all of the leading roles were played by African Americans. So, hell yeah. That's, that's quite progressive sort of for the 1950s yeah i like which we'll get into it i i like the fact that this movie plays as if it were white actors in the 1950s oh, okay you know i mean you've watched it ashley that's why we're talking yeah. about it you know what i mean like yeah. they don't they don't play up any stereotypes it they treat it like a melodrama which is what yeah. it is Um, so I'm gonna give you some stats and then we'll get to it. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 80% critical and 78% audience. It was made for about $750,000, but I couldn't find a box office, so whatever. Um, not Um, from a, not from a source that I relied on. (laughs) Yeah, Wikipedia is apparently not a source that she relies on. I don't trust Wikipedia. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, it, it made more than that then. Yes, it, like, it made was... its money back. It did, it was it was a commercial success. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, it would have been nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> um. It was directed by Otto Preminger, who also did movies like The Human Factor and Anatomy of a Murder. It was written by Oscar Hammerstein II, who worked with. Uh, Mr. Rogers on musicals like Sound of Music and Cinderella and The King and I and Oklahoma, you know, Rogers and Hammerstein's is like the top tier of 
the musical high, like, you know, yeah, top tier musical man. Like, everyone loves at least one Rodgers and Hammerstein's production. I mean, there's a long list. Uh, and then it was um, also written by Harvey Kleiner, who did other movies like The Virginia. Well, The Virginia was a TV show. And then movies like Red Heat, which had a Belushi brother and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's based on the novel by Prosper Mermay. And the music is from the opera Carmen that was composed by Bizet. So. Okay. Yeah. Now, the cast. We have Harry Belafonte as Joe. He was recently in Black's, Black Klansman, um, which is a Spike Lee movie. And then he's known mostly for his music, like okay. the Banana Boat song and Shake Sonora, Jump on okay. the Line. Yep. Shake, 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 Sonora, shake your body line. Yep, that's him. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, his voice was dubbed by Laverne Hutchison for the movie because uh, they said that Harry's voice just wasn't operatic enough. Okay. Yeah, he's a good singer. It's just that it wasn't an operatic performance. Ah. Yeah. The same with Dorothy Dandridge, who plays Carmen. She's known for movies like Porgy and Bess and Marco Polo. Um, Her voice was dubbed by Marilyn Horn, who is an operatic singer who sang for operas like Tancrede and Semiramis. So, yeah. Uh, and then we have Olga James as Cindy Lou. She was on the Bill Cosby show from 69 to 1969 to 1971. Not the Cosby show. There is a difference. Okay. Um, Pearl Bailey plays Frankie. She was also in Porgy and Bess. And I knew I recognized her voice when I was watching this movie. She was Big Mama the Owl from the Fox and the Hound. Oh, yeah. I knew I recognized her voice. So when I was looking up the information and it said the Fox and the Hound, I was like, she was the owl. I knew it. She was Big Mama. Okay. Yep. Like, I recognized her voice, too, and I was like, there's something, there's something about that that I know. Yes. I, I couldn't quite put on. That's what it was. Um, and then we have Joe Adams as Husky Miller. He was in another movie called Ballad in Blue. And those were basically all the main players for the film. Okay. Now, movie. Let's talk about it. It opens, as they all do, with this cute little girl named Cindy Lou getting off of a bus. Yeah. And I keep she's in a to... really cute. She's in like a really cute dress. Oh, I wanted that pink polka dot dress or pink like checker dress so bad. Yeah. She was. She's. She's so cute though. Like the actress that played her. Like what's so sad is she didn't have a really big career after this movie. Oh really? Yeah. She really didn't. It was a shame. Yep. So you know we meet. We meet Joe, too. She's she's uh, there at a military base in South Carolina to see him. Okay. And, you know, she gets there, and she tries to go in, but, of course, they won't let her because she doesn't have a pass. But then she sees Joe, and Joe, Joe's not the best soldier. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he, gets, he gets told off. Quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, then there's uh, this one sergeant who just gives him absolute hell. And, yeah. Uh, and, anyway, so he's late for practice or whatever with the rifles. And, like, the people that directed this movie must have never been on a military base or they didn't practice that military stuff enough because there was no fluidity. No. <laughs> it was, uh... There was no uni- uni- unison at all in the movement. <laughs> Ashley, you've been is- in the military... You'd have been shit on if that was your performance with with uh, your commands, wasn't it? I've been yelled die, you know, because of that sort of thing. Because I was, I was a very much like Joe. I was not the best soldier. <laughs> but you tried hard. Yeah. Well, that's what I have going for me in life, is I know how to try really hard. And that, you know impresses people because they're like oh, and that's a good so- and that's a good quality for a job <laughs> well, exactly <laughs> this is basically just a job interview <laughs> as we know no but um but well for example uh a lot of people are very surprised when i continue to run even though i hate running they're like oh fatty's still running holy shit that but that is a good example of me trying really hard and continuing on despite hating to run. There you I don't go. give up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so after, uh, after, you know, Joe sees Cindy, he helps her get into the base with a, um, a, a pass. And uh-huh. then they go to the mess hall. And this is where we meet Carmen. She comes in hips swaying. She is really hot for Joe. And she works as a civilian um, on the base in the, I guess, textiles factory. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and she goes, you know, she sings this song about if she loves, you know, someone that's the end of them. And it's set to the very, very popular tune of dun, dun. It's got a very uh, the the whole movie has a very um has like that Spanish vibe behind it because of Carmen, the original like opera. Yeah, all Oscar Hammerstein did was take the score of the opera and create his own lyrics. Okay. Yeah. Which, yeah, so she is, she is all about Joe. She thinks he is a hot piece of ass, and she wants him. He's a good boy, and she needs a good boy. Ugh, to corrupt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Cindy Lou is, of course, a sweet girl, right? But Cindy Lou is onto her. She knows that Carmen has the hots for Joe. And, of course, Joe is just, like, oblivious, and he's like, oh, she don't mean nothing or anything like that. And then after that, Carmen leaves when the rest of the, you know, the rest of the people do. And, uh, you know, Cindy and Joe have a cute little song about how they were high school sweethearts and how they want to be just like their parents and grow old together. And it's so sweet. Yeah. Then it's interrupted because Carmen gets into a brawl in the the factory. 
Oh, that is like a full-on brawl. Like there is they were snatching them. wigs. Yeah. <laughs> she was gonna get that woman. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. Joey's supposed to go on leave, right? Yeah, so he's he, got a twenty-four he, hour. He's got a twenty-four hour pass because the next day he's or a twelve-hour pass because the next day he's going to flight school. Well, exactly. So in that twelve-hour pass. He says to Cindy Lou that the two of them are going to get married, and he proposes marriage. Yeah. And then the sergeant calls Joe in, because Joe's, you know, Joe's gone to get the chaplain so they can get married right away. And when he goes out, the sergeant calls him into the room where Carmen has just been beating the shit out of this girl. And says she's going to be charged with interfering with the war effort and destroying government property. And so Joe now has to take her 60 miles away from the base to the nearest town that has a jail? Yeah. I guess. Now, quick question. Is this during World War II or is this during the Korean War? I think it's based on World War II. Okay. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I I don't I wasn't I don't know exactly when the Korean War started, but I know it's wartime. Yeah. Um. So after, and you know Joe, poor Joe, he's like, but but I'm going to, and the sergeant's like, I don't give a shit. These are your orders now. (laughs) Yeah. And then of course, as soon as Joe leaves with Carmen, he puts the moves on Cindy because he's an asshole. Well, he's interested in Cindy. Well, then he tells Cindy that Joe volunteered to take Carmen. <laughs> volunteered. Well, like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, it's kind of how it is, right? Volunteered. So no, you know what? It's not called volunteered. It's called voluntold. Voluntold. <laughs> I like that. I need uh, a volunteer. Uh, you're doing it. But yeah, <laughs> you're volunteering for it. Nice. Thank you. This is but, what I really wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, they get in the, the military Jeep, you know, and they're driving down the road. And Joe's like, Carmen is like putting her hands all over him. And he's well, like. Basically, she, she is ready to gobble that dick. Yeah, she is, she is really wanting to fuck this guy. Like, yeah. there's no, she wants, she wants him to bone her. Like, a hundred percent. But that's the thing, like, he's hot, so. I mean, I, I get it, shit. but like. Yeah. And she's like, oh, come on, you don't have to send me to jail. Like, I'm being good, you know, like, you won't get in a lot of trouble. And he, he's like, I have my orders. And he's all professional. And then he thinks he can take this shortcut that says no motor vehicles. and But it cuts off 20 miles of the journey. And he thinks if he takes this shortcut, he'll be able to get back in time to marry Cindy Lou. But then they run across this bridge. And the bridge snaps because it said no motor vehicles. Exactly. So, so they fault. are... Yeah, so they are stuck, and then she manages to, well, she tries to escape beforehand. Oh, yeah, with the train. Which is actually, like, 
that was a very interesting part, but, like, she jumps on the train, and she goes, like, running on this train or whatever, right, and then she, he's, like, he's right after her, and then she jumps off the train, and, like, he, like, you know, has to tapple her to the ground and, like, throw her over his shoulder sort of like deal. Like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. And then, of course, after she, after he crashes the Jeep, she's like, well, you're gonna have to let me go now. Come on. Like, my hometown is only this far away, and we'll get there, and then, you know, we'll catch the train from there all the way to wherever the town was that they were going. It's her hometown. Yeah. And so he's like, fine but you better not be playing any tricks on me but she's not until we get there and she's grabbing food for him he's like what the fuck are you grabbing food for and he's like well i gotta fix you supper because the train doesn't come till after after dark about 10 o'clock at night (laughs) (laughs) he's he was pretty upset (laughs) yeah he was not too happy so then um so then they go into her grandmother's place and her grandmother's like a fortune teller and her grandmother pretty much, like, you know, says an ominous sort of, you know, you gotta, you were born under a bad star, girl, sort of deal, right? Yeah, there's, so. like, there was a buzzard's feather on my doorstep, which signifies trouble. Yeah. But Carmen's like, eh, what the fuck, you know, grandma's just, she's outside of her mind, whatever. And then she, like, okay, this scene was kind of nifty, like, she's cooking him dinner, but she's also seducing him. Yeah. <laughs> but not in as obvious a way as she was doing before. Yeah. And it works. Yeah, because they, they end up having sex. Oh, yeah. And then she skitters right the fuck off and leaves him with his pants down. <laughs> and now yep. he's, you know, now he's in trouble for uh, a dereliction of duty. Which means he's getting court-martialed. Yep, and he's, uh, you know, sent to military jail, pretty much. Or, like, work... A work uh, camp. Yeah. He got he got sent to the dregs. <laughs> yep, so... Uh. Um, so Cindy, like, you know, comes to visit him, and while she's there, he gets a rose and a letter from Carmen... And, uh, poor Cindy. Yeah, Cindy's like, he forgets about Cindy, and Cindy is, like, not too happy, and she, like, leaves. Right? He He was so ready, he was so ready to marry her until Carmen managed to charm the pants off of him, literally. Well, you know what, like, who... What kind of woman do you want to marry? Do you want to marry a woman that could, like, actually you know, treat you well and, like, you know, knows how to, you know, please a man. Or Cindy Lou, who, like, you know, yeah, she's sweet and cute, but she needs a lot of learning to do. (laughs) Yeah, and see, it's obvious that Joe hasn't had that much experience because Cindy is definitely his high school sweetheart. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like you got this worldly woman who shows him all about you know the birds and, and the bees exactly and he then of course develops a serious infatuation with her um and basically this entire movie is just joe being led around by his dick <laughs> <laughs> like joe is not that great of a guy no he's 
He's like absolute trash. He's the he he would be the one to tell Cindy, like, if this conversation had ever come up, you know, like, it wasn't my fault. She seduced me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He seems like that type. <laughs> but he basically, like, forgets all about Cindy. You know, he takes that letter and that piece of rose or whatever and keeps it tucked away in his pocket. And, yeah. And, you know, pines for her and... They both sing this song about how they're pining for the other because Carmen, Carmen's never, you know, she's like, I don't want to get married. I don't want to be tied down. I'm a, I'm a woman with my own mind, you know, and she doesn't want Which, kids. That's the thing. Like, I, I get Carmen because, like, I want to just go and have fun. I don't want to be tied down by marriage. Ew. Yeah. Children. Right. Children. She's a very modern woman in a, in a world that's still not modern. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, you know, she flies by the seat of her pants. That's just the way she is. And she definitely has, you know, issues where she does things that, you know, she doesn't think before she does them. She's very impulsive. Yeah. So <sighs> it turns out that she keeps going to this, like, this one club in South Carolina or something. Uh-huh. It's like a dance club. Yeah. And, uh, and she's waiting for Joe because she knows he's going to get out soon. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of, she's just, you know, going to the same club. They're going to meet there. Uh, and, and she's wearing like her best dress and, uh, and she's waiting. Right. And then there's, uh, that really great number. Yeah. My favorite number of the whole movie, which is beat out that rhythm on the drum. Oh yeah. It was so good. I really loved, like, you, if you focused on the background, all of the amazing dancing. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, um, what's her name? Pearl? Pearl Bailey? She was killing it. She was having so much fun, you could tell. Ugh, oh, yeah. It was good. Um, so, after that song... Uh, you know, we get the introduction of this guy named Husky, who is a huge boxing champion, famous person, like Muhammad Ali kind of deal, national champion. He's got money, he's got women dripping on his arm, you know, and he comes, he's, he sees Carmen and, uh, and he's like infatuated with her and he he wants her to come along to Chicago, right? Of course. She won't give him the hum- the time of day cuz she's got Joe. Right. Right. So Yeah. Uh his he tries to get his manager to bring her along and uh you know like you know anyway some way and Carmen's friends are, you know, trying to help him out because they all want to go to Chicago, too. Yeah. That's a big city. Oh, and of course, you know, her friends really, really want to be dressed in mink and diamonds. And, you know, they're from this small, shitty town in South Carolina, and they're being given the chance to go to Chicago. All they have to do is convince Carmen. Yeah. And so Carmen's like, no, thank you. I'm good. Yeah, like, they do this whole number called the Chicago Train, and while they're doing it, like, Carmen's back and forth, 
You know, she's like, oh, man, it would be so great. If she hadn't met Joe, she'd have been right for it. But now she loves Joe. She wants to be with Joe. And she wants to wait for Joe to come. And so that means if she goes to Chicago, she'll miss him. And she doesn't want to miss him. And even though the riches and the stuff call to her and she knows she'll be spoiled, she chooses Joe over that, which... You know, she said Girl. she wasn't. Yeah. She's like, I don't I'm, want a sugar daddy. I want love. I mean. Like, love don't pay the me, bills. Yeah, if it were me, <laughs> um, I'd be going to Chicago. But I'm also a horrible person who doesn't believe in love. So there's that. Um, so she decides not to go. And, of course, her friends are like, well. The train's in an hour. You know, here's the tickets. And then Joe shows up after her friends leave. And, if, oh, man, that scene where she's dancing with him and she's like, yeah, you know, we'll go back to my place. Like, that was really sexy. And I was thinking, wow, this movie came out in 1954. How did this get past the censors? Yeah, no kidding. There's another scene later on where I was like, really? Wow, they let that in? Because it's 1954. (laughs) I mean, this is like the same year. What was Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? That was 1954, too. Yeah. So, like, they wouldn't say the name of the movie as One Bride for Seven Brothers because it sounded so risque, but then they have scenes like this where she's basically saying, I want to suck your dick. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not wrong. That's literally, like, what she's telling him without telling him. Do you... Hmm... What? I wonder what, like, I wonder why, you know, if because those movies came out very, you know, similar, then, like, why do you think that, you know, one got away with it and the other one didn't? I have no idea. Censors were weird in the, in the 50s and are. the 60s. Yeah. I mean, the way we rate movies now is kind of dumb. This is kind of a tangent, but I'm going to take it anyway. For example, Hunger Games. Children are brutally murdering each other, and yet that show, the movie is rated PG-13. Why is it rated PG-13? Because they don't show the blood. Oh. But there are children murdering each other. Murdering. I love that. I love that movie, mostly because of the children, child murder. (laughs) But I mean, it's just crazy to me that... Like, now, if there's even partial nudity, they'll put an R rating on it, you know? But if children are massacring one another and there's no blood digitized onto the screen, it's rated PG-13. Ratings are weird. I can't. (laughs) It just makes me think of, like, a Lord of the Flies. (laughs) Oh my god, Hunger Games is basically Lord of the Flies. And Battle Royale mixed together. Who knew? God damn it. <laughs> Susan, whatever your hell, the hell your name is. Collins? No. Yeah. Is it Susan Collins? I don't I think know. So. <laughs> whatever. She's I didn't no read JK. the books. She's no J.K. Rowling, okay? And J.K. Rowling is no J.K. Rowling. She's gone way off the rails. white feminism yep oh man 
If yeah. she hadn't opened her mouth, I'd still like her. I mean, you know what? That's the thing. Like, she just, she needs to stop writing. She, she needs, needs to, to give stop. up. Stop. <laughs> like, okay, so I saw this thing the other day or whatever. It was like a, you know, a fun fact, which, okay. Um, that, you know, like, Hogwarts used to not have bathrooms, so what they used to, like, wizards used to shit themselves and then clean up the mess with magic. To be fair, that's what the stewards did. They used to shit in corners and have the servants clean it up. To be fair. But, like, we don't need to know that. Yeah. There's just some things that, like... Also, we didn't need three movies on an author of one of the school books. <laughs> what? All of these Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Like, oh. we didn't need these movies. We didn't need Cursed Child, which is a fucking travesty. I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they've turned into cash grabs. There seems well, to be, yeah. like, a lack of passion. Like, I feel like with the Harry Potter books, well, we were really off base here. But I feel, like, it, I feel like with the Harry Potter novels, like, she had a story. She had passion writing it. You know, she, she did it. She had a set plan. Yeah. And then she started writing adult books, and they weren't selling as well. So yeah. let's go back to the thing that made me money. Like, that's how I feel about it. And it lacks the heart and the passion, I feel, that the original series did. But that's just my personal opinion. I think we need to go back to, you know, the actual yes, movie. Yes, again. yes. Let's go back to the actual Sorry, movie. Sorry, guys. I don't care. Like, it started off as a rant on how rating systems are and censors, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we're off beat. Uh, so Joe comes in, you know, and they dance and she's like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to get busy. He's like, well, I'm only on leave for like an hour. I got to report back to the base because they suspended his court martial so he could go to pilot school, which was what he was going to originally do. And yeah. she's like, well, come on, you can go with me to Chicago. He's like, I can't go AWOL. Like, I, my entire career is on the line. And then I will that, get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And then that asshole sergeant comes in and is like, uh, he ain't nothing but a chicken shit. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. And then, you know, he keeps egging Joe on. And Joe goes to hit him one time, and he's like, you get four years if you hit your superior officer. And so Joe backs off. But then that asshole starts up again, and Carmen is pissed because Joe want, won't abandon his post to go off with her anywhere. Yeah. And so she goes to put the moves on the sergeant just to make him jealous. And what ends up happening is, is he, Joe beats the shit out of his sergeant. Which is a big no-no. A big no-no. Yeah. yeah. That's more than four years. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, then they drag the sergeant's body into the fucking trees. And then make a run for the for the train. And then they go Good to question. Chicago. Is the sergeant dead? Maybe. It's they never have... established. I'm going to go with yes. He died of a concussion. That's but, why the military police are so heavy in Chicago looking for him. Yeah. Because if he'd have just assaulted him, 
I don't think there would have been as many military police looking for him. Yeah. That's what I'm going to go with. He killed his sergeant. Bad Joe. Yeah, so then uh, they end up going into high, like they went to Chicago and they go into hiding at like this, you know, flea bitten apartment. Oh right? God! And but they seem to have a nice relationship. But yeah. Again, they've only been living together a week. <laughs> if, if it's love, it's love. If it's love, it's love. Um. So Carmen, you know, she gets stressed and. This is the part where I was surprised again because, like, she strips down into just her bra and her panties. And I'm like, wow, that is progressive as shit for a 1950s movie. I didn't even think, like, think about that. Like, I did because, like, I'd never seen that before in a 50s movie. Yeah. Like, 60s is where I saw, you know, that trend where there was more nudity and more, like, half-nakedness and stuff. But, like, in the 50s, I mean, it was still super conservative, so. But whatever. So, she's, uh, you know, she's getting dressed and Joe's like, but I, I don't, you know, I don't want you to go. And she's like, well, listen, we need food. I need to feed you. And... He's, you know, getting stir crazy because he's stuck in the apartment hiding from the military, military police. Yeah. But Carmen decides she's gonna go, um, and pawn something. But as she's looking in the pawn shop after she leaves the apartment, she decides maybe I can get a loan, and so she goes to the gym where uh, Husky is, and yeah. she tries to get a loan with him. With the help of her friends. Yeah. Which, there were a lot of good lines in this in this scene. Like, when Husky sees her, he goes, Let me go cleaned up, and then you and me will start the second Chicago fire. I was like, damn. That's, that's steamy. <laughs> that was, yeah, right? And, uh, you know, Carmen, Carmen's, like, playing it safe. She is you know, going to be just for Joe. She's not going to chew time on him or anything like that, even though her friends are pressuring her because if Carmen starts getting Husky's dick wet, then they get more money. <laughs> She's I mean, the... <laughs> I'm with her friends, but I'm also an awful person. So. <laughs> like, one of the things her friend Frankie says is, you know, uh, you know, you keep one man for the ride. And one for the money. I was like, holy shit. Ugh. Which, well, it, it kind of reminded me almost of that relationship when we watched uh, How to Marry a Millionaire. Yeah, I guess so. Like, that's what it reminded me of. Because the whole point of How to Marry a Millionaire was to land a really rich guy. And it wasn't really seen as a negative, you know. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, and in this movie, it's not seen as a negative, which I think that's interesting because now it's like gold digging is considered like really taboo. But back then, like all of these women that are trying to garner attention from wealthy men don't seem to be ashamed of it because that's really all they had going for them if they wanted to be comfortable. Well, yeah. You know? Like, I mean,. I, that's why I think it shouldn't be a taboo anymore because 
I just want a man to take care of me. <laughs> so I don't have to work in radio. Um, <laughs> Listen, so I, don't don't shame, do this I don't shame I don't shame any woman that decides to use her body and her wit to land a man that will be her meal ticket. Like if you are able to do that, good for by, you. By all means, yeah. Like the only time I don't agree with it is if you know he's married. Like that's a bit shitty to the woman he's married to, unless they have some kind of arrangement. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> polyamory is complicated. Yeah. Swinging I mean... is complicated. Swinging is complicated. <laughs> so it's like, okay. So Everything's complicated. So the fact that, like, I'm a bisexual woman, right? You know, as if I haven't said it a million times. But the one thing I find that there is a lot of on these, some of these dating sites is that uh, there's a lot of couples who are looking for a third. They're looking, They're looking for, for the... a throuple? No, they are looking for what we call a unicorn. Oh. Yeah. And a One for both, a, right? It, well, it's a bisexual woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. Interesting. Pretty much. Um, I yeah. do I do like the one line the the manager says where he goes, You know how females are, always changing their stripes. Ugh, female. Because <laughs> we're tigers. <laughs> Listen, the woman is the head of the family. Or no, the man is the head of the family, and the woman is the neck. And she can turn the man any way she wants. I love that line. We're eventually okay. going to... I know that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I meant okay, to do, uh, my big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> I meant to do the other big fat Greek one, and she's like, we are like mice in the kitchen, but tigers in the bedroom. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's the one I meant to do. I, my big fat Greek sec- wedding is very is very quotable. I'm sorry. Well, that's the thing. The first movie's so good, but that second movie was not. <laughs> Fuck the second movie. It doesn't exist in canon. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you know, she she decides not to cheat on Joe. Is what we're getting at here. Yeah. You Who know. Says, uh, somebody says I love you or whatever. Yeah. When she comes back to the apartment after she's pawned something to get them groceries and a little something for herself, which she got the something for herself by charging it to Husky's account because Husky said, if you want anything, just drop my name when you buy it and put it on my credit. Yeah. So she goes and buys her a new dress and some heels because she ain't got nothing to wear but that pink dress she came to Chicago in. And when Mm -hmm. she gets there... Joe is, you know, like, where were you? You took so long. And he's being, like, super jealous and territorial. And Oh, yeah. And she is not for that. She is not a woman you can tie down. And he tells her, you know, like, I love you. And she's like, well, that doesn't give you the right to own me. And I was like, bless. <laughs> it's true. She, she's, like I said, very modern woman in a not modern world. Yep, exactly. And uh, she tells him that she's not going to be on no, no man's leash and that he better get with it. 
Yeah, but, I like, mean, that's how she is. She's like, listen, I love you, but I am not going to be trapped. I fucking refuse. I have self-respect, and I know what I want. I do not want to be trapped with someone who's always worrying about where I'm going, what I'm doing, who I've been with. I mm. love you. You should trust me. Yeah. But he's jealous. Yeah, he's very jealous. Uh, so she ends up going to a party where Husky is, and they play a game of tarot cards. But, but they with, play like, it with a regular cards. deck. Yeah. And, um... It comes with, like, you know, there's a song, right? And then... The song um, is, um, she's playing the tarot cards, and what gets landed on her is the Nine of Spades, which is the death card. Okay, first of all, I have to say this about the death card. Death in tarot is not necessarily a bad thing. It just means the end of old things and a renewal of, like, you know, like a rebirth. Yeah, but see, these cards are telling her that um, the man she loves is going to kill her, essentially. Like, that's what the song is about. And so she decides, you know what? Fuck it. Throw caution to the wind. Be the two-timer. That kind of thing. And she just ends up deciding to go with Husky. If she's gonna die, she's gonna go out rich and happy first. And she kisses Husky, and it's Oh, they oh, do hi. more than kiss later, that's for sure. Oh, oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, and then... They, they start the second Chicago fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we see Cindy Lou, who ends up in Chicago because she knows that that's where Carmen and Joe are, and she's looking for Joe because she still loves Joe for some reason. But yeah. she does. And as she gets there, like, Joe is... Carmen hadn't come home, right? So Joe's like, fuck it, I'm gonna go find her. And he gets dressed and everything, but then as he's leaving, their MPs downstairs looking for him, and the landlord's like, yeah, they're in that apartment up there. And so he has to leave out the fire escape and everything. Yeah. So Cindy goes to the, uh, the gym, and she finds Carmen, and she's like, listen, I don't want anything to do with you. I just want Joe to come back with me. I want to find him before the military police do. And Carmen's like, well, I don't give a shit where he is. And then Husky comes in and they're kissing. And then who comes in? Joe. Joe. Yeah, he discovers that they're kissing and that he loses his fucking mind. Yeah. And he tries to kill Husky. Who could fucking punch him out in one go? Yeah, I mean, the guy is a heavyweight champion here. Yeah, but Cindy and Carmen, they managed to get him out. Uh, Help him escape. And, like, Yeah, escape the MPs after that are after him. And then Carmen tells Cindy to just forget about him. That, you know, like, go. He's trouble. Go, he's trouble. Like Find you know, a go, fish you can bait and fry. Which, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I think Cindy deserves better. She does! But then, of course, she has this forlorn song about how she wants to drive him out of her mind, but she can't because she loves him. And then that's really she, the last scene we see Cindy in. She pretty much has her uh, eponine song. Yeah, she's like, on my own. <laughs> pretty much like that is what that song is it's like 
Um, I love him so much, but he loves another, and I'm really sad now. And, like, she's not good for him. <laughs> she has been what we call friend-zoned. <laughs> the friend zone does not exist. Yeah, but, you know, if you were... If you're going to call it anything, that's what I'm going to call well, it. Well, I've been quote-unquote friend-zoned before. And you know what? I didn't go on social media bitching about how all men are horrible. I mean, they all are horrible, but I didn't bitch about it on social media. I'm Girl, married. don't put that... Don't say it too loud. If you say men are trash, we're going to get banned. Oh, no. Uh, and drive up the ratings. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, our target audience would actually maybe listen to it, but we know that, like, guys who would get mad about us saying men are trash. Oh, my God. Uh, if we got a like, negative rating <laughs> by so many dudes. Yeah. I quit. Um, no, we're not misandrous, but we are tired of what a lot of men put us through. <laughs> Yep. Tired of that shit. Um, so, uh, then Joe shows up. There's a big fight, right? Between yeah. Husky and uh, This guy, and Poncho. Poncho. Yeah. And and Joe shows up for this big fight, and he uh, and, slinks and, you know, in. Like... Well, yeah. Car- and Carmen's there. She's front row, like, you know, watching her man, you know, this fight, right? And then Husky ends up winning the fight. And, you know, there's, like, big crowds of people who are, like, you know, pretty much lifting him up and, like, yeah, Husky, you're the man, you know. Yep. And then uh, Joe manages to get hold of Carmen, and she he pulls her into a closet. And yep. then they have this back and forth in a song about how, you know, I, he tells her, I love you, I want you, you know, and you, and I told you, I'm not leaving here without you. If I do leave here, you're going to be dead. And she tells him, well, fucking kill me then. <laughs> like, you know, like, what the fuck, dude? Leave me alone. You're hurting me. I don't want you. I want to stay where I'm at. You tried to tie me down. You tried to make me something I'm not. And fuck that. I'm not that kind of woman. And he keeps on and on and on, and then she tells him one more time, you know, like, he tells her, you know, I, I ought to kill you, and she... Well, well, she, like, pretty much says, she's like, the flame is out, no means no, fuck off, Joe. Yeah, and like any entitled asshole, he can't take no for an answer, and then he fucking snaps... And yep. strangles her to death. Yeah. And then he sings about, like... Oh, you know, well, now they'll dad. execute me, and I get to be with her. Bitch. Ugh. No. And th- th- this is the end of the movie. Like, we got through this movie pretty quickly because there's a lot of song filler, and the story is pretty light. Yeah. But, like, man, that ending... Oh, it's horrifying, and, okay. It's every woman's worst nightmare when they involve themselves with a new guy. Yeah, and and the violence against... I think this is, like, something that, you know, needs to be talked about, is there is a lot of violence against women, particularly uh, women of color. Yeah. That isn't, you know, talked about, right? And whether it's, you know, like... 
not cool. Domestic assault is not fucking cool. Not at all. And, like, I think statistically, black women are abused more by their intimate partners than any other race here in the United States. Black women are also the most likely to die in childbirth. Um, You know, there's this old, I can't remember what it is. I can't remember who it's by either. My mind is going blank. But I remember someone saying that the entire world sits on a black woman's shoulders. And I think in America, that is 100% true. Like, black women are statistically the most ill-treated. You know, they get called ghetto and welfare queens if they're anything that, you know, if they ever require help. Yeah. Um, they're not believed, you know, when they have medical problems. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's fucking insane. And they're not believed when they come asking for help because someone is abusing them. Yeah. So, I mean... What are it's a very huge societal problem, and this movie I think is a message about um I want to say it's like to me it reads like what the problem is with any woman who dares to have a relationship with a man and he becomes obsessive yeah. and also, that you can leave that very abusive relationship and you're more than likely going to die. Most of the time when a woman is murdered, it is by a intimate partner or someone that was an intimate partner. And what makes this really, like, horrific, right, is that the way that they bring it about, like, it's her fault. It's Carmen Jones's fault because she's the one who... Led him on. You know, led... Yeah, who led um, Joe astray, you know, from his perfect life where he was about to get married uh, to, you know, his, his sweet girlfriend and then he, you know, was in the military on his way up and then she seduced him, you know. she it, it's It's that idea of, like, who who seduced you know the yeah the good the good guy right like so, it's not his fault it's again that entitled male behavior yeah and and because of this she deserves to die yeah like that, that's what it says in the end and it's a very poisonous trope um and i think it's kind of funny because um if you've watched there's a tv show that came on lifetime and it's called You. It's based on a book, but I don't know who the book's by. And the main character's name is Joe as well. And he is obsessed with this woman. I mean, to the point where he's stalking her. Um, yeah. Where he kills her friends and her ex-boyfriend just so he can get close to her and shit. And it it makes me not even want to date because that is my worst fear. I think that's a lot of women's worst fear is to get involved with a guy and they turn out to be crazy. And I've been on, I I dated a guy for three weeks who was like that. Yeah. It was the most scary shit. Like, true story. I met this guy in high school, so he and I had known each other forever. 
Um, and we reconnected on Facebook. You know, we went out, we had ice cream. I mean, the chemistry was there. It was burning hot. Like, and he was cute, you know, and we, we hit it off. And, uh, you know, he and I, like, we started dating and within three weeks, there were enough red flags for me to cut off the relationship because he wasn't respecting my boundaries. Um, he was doing a lot of shit that I didn't agree with. He would pretend to be drunk and then talk about, you know, how much he wanted to fuck me because at the time I was like, listen, you know, I want to take things slow. Like, I like kissing you, but I don't want to do anything more than that. Like, respect me as a person, respect my boundaries. And yeah. he wouldn't do that. And finally, I decided, well, he's not respecting me now. He's not going to respect me ever. So I went to his house. I had Ashleen on the phone on speaker because I was yeah. terrified. Yeah. And I, and I, I remember this. Yeah. I went to his house and I broke up with him and he did the whole, oh, well, I'm sorry. You know, boys will be boys. That kind of thing. I got out of the house as quickly as I possibly could. I was shaken up when I got on the phone with Ageline again because I told her to stay on the phone with me in case he tried something. That's how scared I was. That way she could call my mom and I let her know the address and everything. Yeah. So even though I was going into that house alone, I wasn't going in alone. I, I knew somebody knew where I was. Yeah. And then after that, I, he started blowing up my phone. I ended up having to block him on Facebook because he... I mean, he must have sent me 200 messages in the space didn't of 12 get, hours. Didn't he get other people to, like, message you? Yeah. And then the next day, I was at work. I had just started my librarian job. This was almost three years ago. I had just started my librarian job. And he shows up the next day. And yeah. he brings his quote-unquote cousin and something from fucking McDonald's for me to eat. And it was just, and I told her, like, she came in and she's like, yeah, well, you know, Jackson, nice guy, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, listen, I don't know you and what's going on between Jack and I. I don't know what he's told you, but he and I are having our own problems. Like, we don't need anybody else involved. And please do not come to my work again. Yeah. And... Then he sent me more messages, and I sent him a message back, and I was like, do not come to my work. Do not contact me. Do not call me. And I blocked him, didn't hear anything from him for about a week and a half. Well, then it was my birthday. And I come into work on my birthday. Yeah. And there's a card and a gift card from him talking about how much he loved me Ugh. we had dated 19 days like yeah. it was insane and I unblocked him long enough to send a message if you come to my work again if you do this again I'm going to call the law for harassment did you did you return the gift card no, I gave it to his cousin, uh, and because his cousin's uh, girlfriend is a friend of mine, I gave it to her. I was like, "Here, I'm not gonna. You can give it to him, or you can keep it. I don't give a shit. I'm not using it because I didn't want anything to do with him at all." Nice. 
Nice. Yeah, I refused to take anything from him. Like, I gave it to her. I said, you can give it to your boyfriend to give it back to him. You can give it back to him. I I, I want nothing to do with it. You can keep it. You can use it yourself. I don't give shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to touch it. And I threw the card away. And I haven't heard anything from him since, thank God. But I know that for a lot of women, it's not the last thing that happens. Yeah. You know, I got lucky. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's literally my worst fear as a woman but, when I go out. But that's the thing. Like, you're not, like, that. that is a, considering that is, you know, a, a tame story. But, like, I mean, each one of us and, you know, many of our listeners out there have at least one of those stories of, like, a guy who got a little bit too fucking clingy way too fast and scared the fuck out of them. Yeah, and I feel like the ending of this movie is every woman, no matter their color, it's their worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. That's something every single woman fears. Yeah. I don't care if they deny it. I have never met a woman who didn't fear that at least once. Yeah, exactly. So, and and then we have, like, all those dudes who are like, oh, it's a scary time for men. Fuck you. No, it is not. No. Well, exactly. There's that guy who fucking stabbed that pregnant woman in a lift. Like, in, in, in like, a car. Not Uber, but, like, the other one. And, and like, she died. Yeah. And, and, and it was just, like, a random killing or whatever. And it's, like, it, there is a lot of violence against women i mean but then you know there's guys who are like oh i'm so scared to be accused of rape or you know sexual assault or whatever and it's like yeah no it's not a scary time for men i'm sorry that the you got triggered by a fucking razor commercial yeah like women are scared as fuck when they tell a man no because we don't know how that man's gonna react I think the, yeah. the the line of thinking is men are scared women will laugh at them. Women are scared men will kill them. And it's true. It is. I mean, how many stories have we as women read where a woman told a man no and he raped her, he assaulted her, or he killed her for it? Yeah. So fuck this idea that it's scary time for men. And this movie was... It was okay. I don't particular. I liked the acting. I wasn't a fan of the music in the sense that it's somebody trying to fit words to music that already exists and has its own, like, fan base kind of deal. Yeah. I don't feel like it was a good fit. I feel like the story and the music would have been stronger if the score had been original as well as the lyrics. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Um, so do we want to do some tests? Uh, e- some trivia first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. You want to go first? No, you can. Okay. Um, Dorothy Dandridge was the first woman who was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress. Or the first African-American woman to be nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress. But she lost to Grace Kelly. Yeah. So. Um, Otto Pierminger 
Preminger, whatever. Uh, he wanted to film on location in Chicago and South Carolina, but studio records uh, show that uh, the movie was shot entirely on the Fox lot. Uh, one notable exception was the children's choirs scene uh, that were shot on location at a working dynamite factory. And the parents, of course, were present, many of them sitting on boxes of explosives and idly smoking. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a miracle that this didn't end in bloodshed. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I forgot to mention in the trivia is that there's actually a remake of this movie called Carmen, a hip opera. Yeah, and it's, and it's got, got Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> it was the first movie, like, first acting job that she ever did before yep. Austin Powers. And she played Carmen, and uh, Joe was a police officer in that one instead oh, of a military okay. officer. But it had a whole bunch of people in it, but I remember that it had Beyonce in it because that movie came out, like, I want to say I was in middle school. Yeah. I saw it in middle school. That's how long ago it was. And that's, like, the only time I ever watched it. But I know it exists. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I have... There wasn't a lot of trivia for this movie. The last thing yeah. I have is that uh, Eartha Kitt was offered the role of Carmen. Eartha Kitt, who went on yeah. to be Catwoman. Like, and she wanted... But she wanted to do her own singing. And the studio was like, nah, you gotta be dubbed. So... Kit refused and she was dropped out. So, yeah. And the only and, person uh, they did not dub Pearl, Pearl Bailey because she had a very comedic kind of timing with her songs. Yes. So, there's that. Now we can do tests. Okay. All right. So, the Bechdel test. Uh, two named female characters on screen alone talking about something other than a man. This is a fail. Every time there's two women alone on screen talking about something, it's always about a man. Oh, really? Yeah, I couldn't. I can't think of a single instance where they weren't talking about a man. Yeah, I guess, huh? Yep. And then we have the racial Bechdel test. Two people of color on screen alone talking about something other than a white person. This movie was full color, no white people at all, so it's a pass. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have the Macomori test, which is a woman whose character arc is not about pushing a male narrative forward. I gave it a pass because Carmen is her own person. Yeah. You know, and she don't give a fuck what you want. She's going to do what she wants. Is this, it's like a really sad end to it, though, because, like, I mean, the best ending to this movie, obviously, would have been Joe being the one to die. Obviously. If she'd have shot him, but then she would have went to jail. They could have turned this into a femme fatale movie. Oh, yeah. Totally Instead, they're like, ah, oh, violence against women is easier. She deserves it. She's a whore. That's what I get out of this movie. Like, that's the message. Yeah. She deserved it because she was a whore. Look what she did to this honorable, kind man. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, it's a pass because Carmen is her own person and she's not about really pushing Joe's narrative forward. She wants Joe because she wants Joe. She wants Husky because she wants Husky. And she is her own person with her own storyline. Yep. It just happens to end with her murder. So, uh, then we have the Duvernay test. People of color who have uh, character arcs not about pushing a white narrative forward. Again, this is an all-black cast, so it's a pass. The sexy lamp test. Can you get rid of a woman and replace her with the sexy lamp from a Christmas story and it have no bearing on the plot? You can. I think that, yeah, that one friend of hers, like, not... Not she has Pearl. a name, but I can't remember it. Yeah, not Pearl, but like the other one. Yeah, you could have. She doesn't need to be there. You could. You could also get rid of Cindy. Mm, I guess. I mean, like she really has no purpose. You could literally get rid of the love triangle at the beginning of the movie, and it wouldn't have any bearing. Like if you got rid of Cindy, and it was just like, oh, he's just not into her. You know. Yeah. You could still. And then, you know, not even have it that he's looking for the chapel and he just has to be forced to take this woman that's been riding riding on him and trying to get on his dick, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it could still work the same if Cindy wasn't in it. It's true. So it's a fail. Um, and then we have the Vito Russo test. Uh, are there... Are there LGBTQA representation in the film where the person matters and they're not just a walking stereotype of LGBTQA? And the answer is no, it's a fail. So. Yeah. Not bad. We got a half and half. Yeah, pretty much. Now, Angeline, do you think this is a good movie? I thought it was pretty. Hmm. I thought it was pretty good. Like, overall. I mean. I... I liked the story. I was not a fan of the music. Yeah, it was like the music I found was a little bit boring, except for that one song. Yeah. The beat on that drum was a really good number, but it's the only number that I liked. And again, yeah. I think it lies with fault with Oscar Hammerstein, who was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to use this free, you know, music that is in public domain to create this movie. Like, they could have, you know, put other music, and, like, it would have been just as good, if not better. Yeah, it wasn't his shining moment. Like, Rodgers and Hammerstein give out some really fucking great musicals. This was just Hammerstein on his own, and it's obvious that Rodgers and Hammerstein are the dream team. Like, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. It's just not gonna work. So, uh, do I think this movie is feminist? No. 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 I think Carmen is a feminist character, but I don't think the movie itself is. Well, that's the thing. I think she's a feminist icon. For real. Like, like she, she is, is a model of an independent woman. She is a mo like, she is a person, like, a woman of color who is independent and, like, doing her own thing. She is very feminist, but the actual story is not feminist. Not. Uh, they they portray her as like a whore that yeah. deserved everything that she got. And that's fucked up. Yeah. And how many more movies are we going to see like this? A lot of them because holy shit that's a whole genre giving a woman what she deserves supposedly. 
whores deserve everything that they get, apparently. I mean, obviously. Um, Even in real life. They're whores with hearts of gold. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a hooker, be a hooker with a heart of gold. Then you don't die at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, you get the big rich guy to take you off in a limousine. Looking pretty at you, much. pretty woman. <laughs> Looking at you, pretty woman. <laughs> that is the epitome of hooker with a heart of gold. <laughs> that is like... If pretty woman is basically just like My Fair Lady with a whore in it. I'm pretty sure it's based on My Fair Lady. I'm yeah. almost 100% sure it's based on My Fair Lady and Pygmalion because it lines up so perfectly with the original Pygmalion story. <laughs> Except yeah. for the fact that she doesn't go off with the side guy. She goes with the main guy. But, like, you've got a grumpy dude who doesn't believe in love or marriage and he's tasked with, you know, taking care of this woman. And in, in Pretty Woman, it's for her to get money. But in... uh. My Fair Lady, it's for her to get a job at a flower shop. <laughs> and then they end up falling in love after the terms of their contract are met. So, like, yeah. Anyway, that's for another day. We actually are doing Pretty Woman at some point this year, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Next week, we're going to be doing The Hate You Give. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about that one. I have I have not watched it. I have read the book, but I have not watched it because I didn't want to ruin it. I wanted my first experience to watch it being when we did it this month because we knew back when it was released last year that we were going to do it this year for this month. So, And yeah. uh, we're going to have Rocky on for the 13th, which will be, I think, our last movie of the month. And we're also doing Diary of a Mad Black Woman because we have to do a Tyler Perry movie. So... <laughs> I think I've only watched one Tyler Perry movie ever. Yeah, I have a lot of issues with Tyler Perry, but we'll get into that when we talk about Diary of the Mad Black Woman. <laughs> but next <laughs> week is going to be The Hate You Give, so please watch that movie and uh, we'll discuss it then. Um, now, links. Um, <laughs> that's your job to start. Jesus, you're right. All right, so you can catch us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the feminist critique podcast. We have a Gmail, which is the feminist critique podcast at gmail.com. And I'm on Twitter at South of Grace. I am. Oh, yeah, we've got a Twitter and it's uh, feminist critique without the E. Uh, check us out there for like updates and stuff. That's usually where we do most of our updates. Um, also, we have uh, a Tumblr, the Feminist Critique Podcast. We really need to work on it a little bit, a <laughs> lot. Um, but we kind of put stuff... I, I haven't put the last two episodes up there, but we do try to, you know, put up the episodes. Um, and then I'm also on Twitter as uh, Ajleens, A-I-S-L-E-N-E-S, and on Instagram, same thing, Ajleens. And... Um, for any of you radio people out there, uh, can I please have a job? I'm so broke right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so again, you can email me at ai. Schufelt, S-H-E-W-F-E-L-T at gmail.com for those jobs, and I will send out my resume. Nice. Oh God. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so that's it. Again, next week is The Hate You Give, so please watch it. And until next week, we'll see you. Bye. Bye.